Welcome to the 3 and D podcast, and it's a new era uh, of our podcast, um, you know, history. Uh, basically, uh, this is uh, Justin and mine's our second episode, but our first one, you know, following our normal format on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. We we are so thankful uh, to to definitely uh, be a part of it. Uh, thank you to Joe Molinax, amongst others, uh, that for giving us this opportunity, and I uh, certainly uh, am glad to talk with you and. And glad to to be aboard. Now, obviously, you could follow us on Twitter at Three and D Pod, and uh, of course, you know I'm here with my uh, co-host Justin Lewis. Justin, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. I managed to uh, stay out of the running for loser in our fantasy football 5K um, bet. So we have ten guys, and the the guys that that finished in ninth and tenth are going to have to duke it out on the loser that has to run a 5k and uh i sealed my my victory so i'm not in the running for the running at the 5k so i'm a happy camper I, I I played different levels of fantasy football. I played redraft and dynasty and in four of my leagues I either am going to Dalvin Cook tomorrow is either going to determine whether I make the playoffs or I get a first round by or if I have to play or, or miss the playoffs completely. So my my uh <laughs> my anxiety has not stopped yet but congratulations uh, on avoiding the 5k. Um you mm-hmm. can follow do what now? Uh, I'm just excited. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, and so the thing is, is that we certainly want uh, for 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 you to know those who follow Grizzly Bear Blues and personalities such as Joe Molinax, Parker Fleming, uh, Nathan Chester, you know, through Grizzly Bear Blues and the Core Four Podcast. We are also on Twitter. You can find Justin at J underscore Timberfake underscore, and you can find me Sean Coleman at Stats S A C. That's at S T. A-T-S-S-A-C. Of course, you know, you can follow the flagship, you know, at, at SBN Grizzlies um, on Twitter. But, you know, Justin, let's jump right into it. Quarter of the way through the season, you know, obviously, you know, it's been exciting. There have been, you know, just as many, you know, ha- ha- have expected. Record-wise, there's been plenty of highlights that the the, uh, uh, the advanced games of Brandon Clark and, you know, uh, John Moran and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. right in his ship. You know, obviously, all was going, you know, despite our record, we certainly were, you know, playing better basketball, it seemed, than our record would indicate. Now, all of a sudden, it's come to a complete halt. And the reason for that, obviously, um, is the injury development with John Morant, obviously occurring last Monday um, in regards to, um, you know, where he uh, um, crashed into the cameraman, you know, a little bit a little bit of frustration with how that was handled. But in general, it looked like he was going to be okay. But now his injuries pop back up Friday night against the Jazz. Your initial thoughts on it and, and just, you know, an, over, an overall view of, uh, you know, how it was handled and, you know, what it's going to mean for the roster. Um, I'm not thrilled at how it handled. If you're so concerned about limiting his minutes and, and protecting him and, and everything that you say that you've been doing this season as to why you, you've had him at 22 to 25 minutes max, why would you play him against the Jazz after that injury? Why would you let him walk back on the floor um, against the Pacers? I know that he's, he's a competitor, and he probably talked his way out there and said he was great and he was fine. But the deal is, like, he's not in charge. Uh, Coach Jenkins and and claimant whoever needed to say, no, you, you need to be done. Uh, we need to protect you. 
and they they're running back out there because then you risk something more um, long term. And then what I don't like that I saw too is you know Jaw tweeted you know at the NBA asking them to to move back the uh, the cameraman from the baseline and some old dude who probably can't jump two feet off the ground tweet, tweeted back at him and said, well, "Why don't you learn how to land properly?" Like, okay, that that is so stupid. The issue is the cameraman on the baseline. There's nothing there to protect the players from falling on. And the, and the bigger issue is that that cameraman in particular didn't even try to move out of the way at all. He saw him coming at him, and he continued to film. And, I mean, freak injury happened. Um, but I think we we if we're going to preach protecting our young players, uh, we didn't practice what we preached with, with Jaw on this one until it was too late. Obviously, the overwhelming, you know, focus here should be on Jaws' health, and I get it. You know, if you need any better indication of, quote-unquote, load management being effective, look at, you know, the person that, you know, basically the poster boy for it over the past few years, Kawhi Leonard. Um, You know, he played 60 games last year for the Raptors. He was fully fresh for the playoffs. He's the reason why they won the championship. I'm not saying that Jaws on that level. I get why the Grizzlies are doing this. They want to make sure that they're doing everything they can to preserve, you know, basically the, the one of, if not the main, thoroughbred for their future success. With that being said, though, I think there does need to be some focus on the present as well. The Grizzlies need to realize that, you know, they're that it, it, accolades and, you know, accomplishments, that's important to a player and a personality like Jaws. And and the reason why I mention that is because, yes, obviously his health um, is the focus. And I agree, you know, the cameraman should have moved. And I also feel like that the Grizzlies, if they felt there was any chance that he potentially could have a recurrence of injury, probably would have been smart to set him out. But the thing that I'm getting at is, is that, you know, don't be overly cautious with jaw you know jaw wants to get back out there and play that's part of what makes him as special as he is and what i'm generally saying is is that you also need to make sure that he maintains the momentum that he has for things such as rookie of the year and you know potentially having a historic nba season i'm not saying you rush him back for those reasons but i'm also saying that you shouldn't just automatically say oh well he's had an injury he needs to sit out for four to six weeks that that's not the goal here the goal is to get him back to health and when he is ready to go unleash him again because again i think that that is something that you know is important to jaw and the grizzlies that they should thrive to go for they've got a great opportunity for him to accomplish that with zion's injury and so i think that it makes sense for the grizzlies yes to make sure his health is there but don't baby him give him the opportunity to fully get back out there and play at the level that he was that was the main reason why we were competitive as we were. Let's get him to health and get him back out there as soon as possible. Obviously, Justin, one of the you know byproducts of these injuries, of course, you know Kyle Anderson being out. You know Brandon Clark um, left today's game against the Timberwolves um, with an injury as well. You know we're hitting our first injury bug. Unfortunately, it is impacting you know the, the talents that you know will attract you know the rest of the NBA and the fans and Clark and Morant, but. For the Grizzlies themselves, it actually is a good opportunity. It's a good opportunity for other guys on the roster to step into expanded roles. And one of those guys that we have kind of been clamoring to see more of did finally get some run today, and that's Anthony Melton. Excellent game today against the Timberwolves. Uh, it came very close to a triple-double and, 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 you know, 
under 25 minutes of play. But, you know, when you look at him, Justin, finally getting the chance to show what he can do, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like, you know, yes, you know, even as players come back, Melton does deserve to stay in the rotation? Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Melton's, and I have been ever since we got him in that trade. Um, and today only screams more of, um, hey, we, we need to give this guy more looks. Um, I, I haven't been a fan of Solomon Hill at all this season. And Tyus Jones particularly hasn't been too efficient all season long. Uh, so it's kind of been perplexing as to why um, – Melton hasn't gotten more looks, even on the games where, you know, Brooks gets into foul trouble very quickly. Um, even the time when, when Allen missed extended time, um, why wasn't Melton getting the looks, especially when he goes out and does what he does today with nine points, eight assists, and seven rebounds in 23 minutes of play? That's productive. Um, and he's also a, a defensive-minded guy. He's He's got some length at the guard position. He'll be able to guard point guards. Um, he had a couple block shots. Uh, he got his hands in there. He plays good defense. I, and he's part of that, that young core that you want to get a look at to see going forward. So it's kind of confusing. I, I don't know if it's because he was just behind with his injury at the beginning of the season that he wasn't able to work his way into the rotation from the beginning. But I think this upcoming stretch of, of job being out may be a blessing in disguise and the fact that we actually get to get some looks at um, – at Melton, he only played two minutes less than Tyus Jones. So it may be we're going to see a split duty between the two of them. And I wouldn't be shocked if you ended up seeing a start from Melton or even um, him surpass uh, Tyus just to, to see what we got in him. And that's what I'm hoping happens. Yeah, you know, I was talking, you know, I think that uh, you've got your three main backcourt um, options in place with 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 Jones and um, or excuse me, Morant, obviously, when he's healthy. Brooks, obviously, is the starting two guard and Jones as well. You know, speaking of Jones, I agree. He has struggled this year, uh, you know, due to the investment that you have with him and also the potential that you have in Morant and Jones truly becoming, in my opinion, a top. 10 um, a point guard combination in the NBA. I think you stick it through with Jones, continue giving him playing time, let him run the second um, unit and, and see if he can work his way out of his funk. But I do agree. I think that Melton's performance today, even though Grayson Allen had a very good shooting day, I think Melton should be your fourth option in the backcourt. He should be someone that you prioritize getting in the game to give Brooks even uh, a spell or two uh, during the game and see what Melton can do next to Morant. See what he can do uh, next to Tyus Jones. And if you want to work him with um, Dylan, that's fine. I think that if you want a defensive lineup in there, you may find some success with the Brooks-Melton backcourt. But I do agree with you. You know, the Grizzlies traded DeLone Wright away to Dallas, got two seconds, and then basically signed Tyus Jones to the contract that, you know, they would have signed DeLone Wright to. Well, in my opinion, Melton's skill set reminds you a lot of DeLone Wright. So, that was highly effective towards the end of last year in making the Grizzlies competitive, especially with their second unit. Utilize it again this year. I think that Melton is the type of player that if you give him the chance to really make a difference, especially for a team that needs defensive help, I think he's earned the right 
even over Grayson Allen and Solomon Hill to really get some run um, and, and, you know, see what he can do um, in an extended role, in an expanded role. But the thing about it is, Justin, is that there's another player that, that you know, fans have been clamoring for. We, we know that the players have started to, um, you know, kind of hint at it on Twitter. You know, that would be Josh Jackson down in South Haven. And as much as we want to see the Anthony Melton, you know, take on a role, You've also got Josh Jackson um, down in South Haven. Now, obviously, it's not his on-the-court production. It's his off-the-court issues that have resulted in him being down in South Haven, you know, even past, you know, what seems to be the point where he's proven he needs to be in the NBA. Justin, does it? are we to the point now to where it's just simply Melton and Jackson should be the priorities over Allen and Heal? Or in Josh Jackson's case, do you still feel there are things off the court that, you know, should still require him to be in South Haven. Is it now time for him to come up? Well, I'm not so down on Grayson Allen. I think he does uh, fit in this rotation some. Uh, I'm not ready to, to give his spot up. I'm, I am ready for Hill um, to, to be out of rotation. I'm just – he has some good moments, but – uh, nothing it, for a team that's trying to develop young talent this year. Um, and your goal isn't necessarily to win a bunch of games. Uh, you've got to use those spots for guys like Milton and, and Josh Jackson. So what's curious with, you know, today's game against the Timberwolves is that they brought up Utah instead of Josh with all the injuries, uh, to Kyle Anderson and Jonas being sick and jaw being out. It, they, they decided to go with him instead of giving Jackson his time. And I saw Peter Ed, Edmondson, um, tweet out that whatever happens with the Grizzlies roster is going to have no bearing on what they do with Josh Jackson. So like basically what he's saying is that we could go into a couple of years ago where we had 28 players on the roster and we could have guys dropping like flies, but that's not going to determine whether or not Josh Jackson comes up. So what that tells me is that they may be waiting on some finality to his um, legal situation. And I don't know where that's, where that's at, where that stands. Um, if there's a, if his case is pending um, or, or what's going on. From from my understanding is that he's been nothing but a model teammate. Um, he's played his butt off in South Haven. So as far as those two things go, he is more than deserving of his time to come up and improve himself at the NBA level. Um, but it just seems that there may be something off the court that the front office is, is more aware of than we are. They're waiting uh, to see, or they're really just trying to to test his resolve. We're going to hold him down and, and see how he handles himself, and uh, see how he handles himself when he gets frustrated when things aren't going his way. Uh, will he respond maturely, or uh, will he revert? Um, so I'm ready to see him. I, I think he'd be a uh, he's kind of a piece that we're missing right now to to make this team even better. Um, but we just got to wait and see, I guess. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think that it is something behind the scenes that, you know, in all honesty, we just as the public don't need to have, you know, uh, information on at this point. It, it, it's not, um, as you use the word finality, it's it's not to that point to where it makes sense for it to be out there and in the open. That, that makes a ton of sense. And, and so until that finality is there, I agree. Keep letting him build up, you know, positive, um, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, just, you know, 
positivity, I guess in general, just keep let him keep on build a, building up um, a positive repertoire with the organization and having success and just you know getting into a groove with his game. And I think groove is the operative word for the Grizzlies. One of the reasons why I think they left him down in South Haven is because they wanted for the the, the main parts of their future. They wanted to make sure that there were no distractions from the current roster finding their groove, finding their chemistry, you know, letting Taylor Jenkins even being able to find his rotations. Because when Josh Jackson comes up, distraction may not be the best word, but naturally he is going to be a a focus uh, of a lot of off-the-court chatter, a lot of off-the-court, you know, uh, media um, focus and things like that. And and while it may not necessarily be a distraction, it is going to be, you know, another piece, uh, another – uh, a piece to the puzzle for the Grizzlies that they're going to have to make work. And so they probably want to find the perfect time to make that happen. And when you're still trying to figure out, you know, rotations and, you know, um, chemistry and things like that with the current roster, adding him to the mix, you know, probably wouldn't have too big of a negative impact, if any at all. But it is a part uh, of the long-term puzzle for the Grizzlies that they want to make fit. They just want to make sure they have as much certainty in place when they try to make it fit. So my question then comes to this, Justin, is that, you know, you say that Allen should be a part of the rotation. And I agree with you to an extent. Um, I I do think, I, I just, I honestly feel in my opinion that, Melton has a higher ceiling than Allen as a player. So if we're looking at needing to get more playing time for Allen and Jackson, yet you want Allen to remain in the rotation, you know, how do you find the minutes for both Melton and Jackson, you know, for them really to be able to have the on-court time they need to develop? Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I would say um, with today's NBA, Jackson can get away with playing at the four. Um, especially in those lineups where you're running Clark at the five uh, for short stretches, so I think you can you can get away with with Josh playing the four uh, for some stretches and get some minutes that way. Um, other than that, you know that's that's tough, especially when you got Kyle who's been playing as well as he has. But Kyle can also play the four as well, and, and Josh at the three. Um, it's a it's a tough rotation. Uh, I, I don't know uh, how they're going to make it work. Um, I've I've seen some people say things like. Grayson Allen can be a piece that's packaged with Andre Iguodala's contract, and that may be how you figure out um, the law jam. But this is a problem that we've not really ever had, um, so I'm glad that we even get to talk about it. Yes, and, and that's the big understanding to take away from this. This is not a bad situation to have. It's always been something that the Grizzlies have struggled with. Having too many young pieces that are worth considering for significant rotation minutes. But that's the thing. You know, you've got to make it, you know, to where you figure it out. I think Josh Jackson truly is a talent that could really be a significant part of our future. Do I think that there I, I put it at a 50-50 chance right now, maybe even more so that he still has not worked himself into those plans yet. But in terms of when he comes into the rotation, obviously Solomon Hill is an odd man out. But if Kyle Anderson is playing well and you want to get Brandon Clark more minutes and you've already shown a priority to go with smaller lineups, you know, do you start seeing Jonas Valanciunas' um, uh, uh, minutes you know, kind of calm down? I've always thought that Jonas Valanciunas was an effective player at the beginning and the end of the games. If you're needing offense, beyond that, if you're needing defense, you go with smaller lineups. So you may start to see a more 
specialized role for Jonas if you start working Josh Jackson into the lineups. There's a lot of different ways uh, that 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 can go. But the big thing is is that this is something for Taylor Jenkins and his staff to figure out. And that leads me to my next question for you, Justin. Here we are a quarter of the way through the season. We're now 6-13. and 13. Obviously, that record is where many of us kind of, kind of expected for the Grizzlies to be. But just a couple of things that you have taken away from the first quarter of the season where you feel like this team is at a higher level than I expected for them to be besides the record. Yeah, it's, it's the ball movement. Um, I, I like that. I like uh, – Seeing, I, well, I really believe where we are where we are because of uh, Clark's efficiency. Uh, he has come in and, and been way more productive than I think anybody expected. Um, I, I think the the play of Jaw has obviously been uh, a big key. Jaron has Jaron's been up and down. He's had a good stretch recently up until his foul troubles today. Um, Jonas is is coming in stronger recently and. Pete Pranica actually said something on the broadcast the other day that makes a lot of sense. Jonas is just now kind of getting to the groove because he's playing with a bunch of guys that they've played with before, so they got to figure out where he likes the ball, where to get it to him to be in his spots. So these guys are just now learning to gel with each other. Um, basketball at its finest level is a team sport. That's why the Warriors have been so successful. Um, the, the, the Rockets aren't going to win a championship because they're, they're based on one-on-one play of two, of two guys, and then the other guys kind of play off. That's not what is is going to make the Grizzlies successful. And Jenkins coming from the the boots um, tree where the Atlanta Hawks had five All Stars uh, because they played like a team. There was no one on one play or anything like that. So I think them learning to gel and getting more time on the court together is why we're going to continue to see them improve and probably win more games than um, we're expected to. Because think about it, the Timberwolves game today. I'm pretty sure they were at full strength health wise, and we were without two starters, uh, and then our top bench player in Kyle Anderson, and then Jackson was in foul trouble, and Brandon Clark got hurt, and we still beat them. So we're we're going to start winning games that we weren't expected to just because of the team chemistry. I think all the guys like playing with each other. Um, and then just we got the guys – you mentioned to me before we got on here, a lot of high four guys. So I'll let you talk about, talk about that and the three-point shooting. And that's the thing that I take away from uh, the uh, the Grizzlies' start to the season is that, you know, I, I truly feel like that the proper way to look at the, the Grizzlies' season for such a young team is to look at it in segments instead of looking at the, the overall picture. And the reason why that is is because with a young roster, you are going to have this team be a lot more variable than you would a team that's already established like the veteran teams in the NBA. And what I mean by that is simply for you can you notice it by watching them. We've seen a lot of unexpected highs and you know a, a lower lows. You know this team has played worse than we expected them to, but there's been a lot of times where they've played better. But just looking at the season, you know, kind of in two parts. I used the San Antonio game um, in, in, in an article I have coming out on Grizzly Bear Blues here over the next few days. This team has made. Market, they have made significant improvements on their offense since that San Antonio game. Just a couple of instances. Between the, the present 
and that San Antonio game over the past basically three weeks since November 10th. The Grizzlies, a team that many looked at as having uh, as being one of the lowest shooting potential rosters, the worst shooting rosters in the NBA the, before the season started. We right now, since that San Antonio game, are second in the league in three-point percentage. Obviously, that has come from the individual uh, uh, um, achievements of the players. Taylor Jenkins, for each of the six players that lead the team in minutes, they either are making threes at a better rate than they have in the past, and that could be because they're playing at a faster pace, but they're also making them uh, they're making more threes. Their shooting percentage is better. So overall, what that means is is that for a team that had a clear that clearly did not have shooting as one of its strengths. Taylor Jenkins has made it a strength by expanding the games of his roster, and that's where you see him adding value. Um, the other way that we are finding success doing it is establishing players who can win in multiple ways. For instance, John Morant, the other night against the Clippers, he had zero points in the first half. I was there with some friends watching it. But he still contributed five or six assists to keep the Grizzlies in the game. Brandon Clark's defense plus his efficiency, John Morant's passing plus his scoring ability. If one facet of the player's game is not on, the other can be to where they can contribute. Obviously, obviously Jaron's ability on both ends of the court to where he could be a defensive difference maker, but now is one of the best three-point shooting bigs in the league, it really adds to the depth of the Grizzlies as, as a potential future contender. Not only does it allow for the roster to be in good shape, does it allow for their overall talent level to increase, that ceiling to increase, but it makes them competitive. They can beat you in different ways, and they also can find success to where if one facet of the roster is not working in a game because uh, you know the, the, the competition has made adjustments or whatever, they can go a different route and still be successful enough to win. And that's where I get the biggest takeaway for me so far this year is Taylor Jenkins. He's adding value. And it's not just from a faster pace of play, it's from higher quality in that play as a result. Justin, the other thing that I'll ask is this, is that, you know, while we've been losing, we've really seen that the culture is being established as a fun, energetic, kind of loose culture. How important do you think that is going forward, you know, as we get into the grind of the season? Uh, I think it's going to be important as far as uh, the fans being there in a losing season. Um, I think the fans have been great so far about understanding what this season is. Uh, but they got two phenomenal personalities to go along with two phenomenal talents and in, in Jaron and Jaw. Um, the the cruises of the past haven't really been marketable because it was all business. You know, the guys didn't really show much personality. They were quiet. They came to work. But these two dudes go out there and they have fun. And then I just, you know, I see today, you know, Dylan, Dylan's always passionate, fired up. Um, the bench, everybody's, you know, involved with each other. And they, they just seem like they're, ha- they're losing games, but they're still having fun. Um, so I, I feel like that means that Jenkins has done a great job of culture building and the guys are, are understanding of a vision going forward, uh, which is which is very vital for this franchise right now. And the other thing about it is, is that he's he's not only building a culture off the court. You know, uh, again, the, some of the areas like rebounding, um, you know, the shooting. Obviously, this is proof that this team, as as a whole, they are performing at a higher level than you know the actual talent of the individual parts, and that is a 
big positive. That is something that, you know, teams that become contenders have. And that's what this team is showing the ability to do. Um, and I think that that's important. You know, the, the time is here. We were all very anxious to see, you know, how um, will this team, um, you know, gel? Will they struggle? We all thought that it could be a reality. But, you know, within a few weeks, especially over the past stretch of games here over the past two weeks where we played, you know, some of the best teams in the NBA, you know, we were within three points of total of beating the two LA contenders. The thing to take away is, is that the time is here. We have a true budding superstar, perhaps tandem. We, 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 Feel strongly we have one in John Morant, personality-wise and production-wise. We feel Jaron can get there. We have a guy in Brandon Clark who truly seems like he could arguably be one of the top 10 uh, talents over the past two drafts, um, in my opinion. But the whole thing to you know really focus on is this, is that the time is here to where the this Grizzlies team, their potential as a whole, both on the court and off the court, is something that we have not seen before. And that's because we have talents in place that we have not seen before. And I really think that the Grizzlies front office and the coaching staff have done a marvelous job at keeping the focus on the court, yet letting these personalities be themselves to make the product be as good as possible. And it certainly has reached a level that many of us didn't expect, you know, uh, much quicker than we anticipated. Justin, before we head out for the evening, do you have anything else, you know, you're looking forward to kind of as we get into the holiday season? Nah, I'm looking forward to um, a, a date to watch is December 15th. That is a date where some of the contracts that were signed this offseason can begin to be traded. So I think that's a target date to look at something with Andre Iguodala. Uh, so we're, we're two weeks out from that being on our radar, I believe. Uh, and, I, and I'm interested in seeing how Tyus and, and Melton play uh, in this stretch of, of job being considered week to week. Of course, as we have any updates and things like that to jaw or any developments over the next few weeks, as we get closer uh, to the December 15th date, we'll keep you updated here on the 3ND podcast and through Grizzly Bear Blues. Me personally, I'm hoping to see this defense continue to improve over the past two games in seven of the eight quarters besides the fourth quarter against the Jazz on Friday. The Grizzlies have played some of their best defense of the year. That was the reason why they were able to pull the victory out despite missing some key members um, you know, earlier um, today uh, against um, the Timberwolves. For Justin Lewis, my name is Sean Coleman. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We look forward to being with you every Monday uh, going forward on the Grizzly Bear Blues podcast. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday here on the 3 d Podcast. <laughs>